over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall so fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall so. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in. Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace Millard, thrower of water bottles, out here at T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... How was our number one of the program today? Pretty quick, wasn't it? Best uh, hour I think we we've were, ever had. We were no, uh, not on the air today due to the fact that we're pushing into a 7.30 start tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it just uh, allows all the program. Really, really why we weren't on the hour, air for the first hour was because Wallace is tired. And he didn't want to do three and a half hours. And we're, we're just tiptoeing around Ryan today yeah. because he's in a bad mood. And I've done everything I could leading up to showtime, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. to try and get Ryan in a better mood. Unfortunately, you, it's you, backfired considerably, and now he's in an even worse mood than he was before, which uh, Jeff uh, will absolutely uh, back me up on. But uh, we have a great hour and a half of this program. We are going to chat with a special VGK fan mm -hmm. who is celebrating an enormous birthday tomorrow. And we're going to chat with Grandma Dot in just a little bit on a day that Riley Smith and Cody Glass celebrate their 22nd and their 30th birthdays, respectfully. And the idea of the Golden Knights playing the Minnesota Wild on a back-to-back -back scenario, who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup, because last night they had to play one man short in that loss against the L.A. Kings. So a, a lot swirling around the program today here at T-Mobile Arena. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of talking points to get to in terms of this game and, and you know, the, the news today of Chandler Stevenson and, and the suspension for mm -hmm. his hit yesterday on Toby Bjornfoot. So uh, Golden Knights will be without Chandler Stevenson for the next three games. How do you uh, go about making the lineup work? How do you go about replacing Chandler Stevenson in this lineup for the next three games it's going to be very interesting to see what the golden knights do tonight i'm, I'm intrigued by that before we get to grandma dot how surprised are you that the suspension number came in at three games <laughs> uh surprised because i thought like the game misconduct i thought would kind of take that third game away like i was expecting a two-game suspension because he was tossed out late in the second yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I think that maybe if he's tossed out earlier on in the game like early in the second or maybe in the first then that counts as that extra game i think just the fact that it was a period a little bit more than a period uh maybe hurts there i, I think two to three games was probably two was what i expected i was surprised with three uh but, I mean, I'm not going to argue one way or another on it. Like, I, it, it was it was a suspendable hit. Why are you just so amiable today? What are you talking about? You're not going to argue? I, th I was shocked that it was three games. Yeah, I expected I, one and and maximum uh, of one. I thought, For it, was, a guy that's, I thought that, it was two. That hasn't been in, in the mix at all, supplemental discipline. Yeah. What, that, that doesn't play a role, but it does play a role. Uh, one of the least penalized players in the uh -huh. league. He he didn't just didn't run him through the Bjornford through the boards. He did knock out a tooth, but uh, and it was late. Like I, I agree that it was a suspension. Yeah. But three games, three games. I was blown away. Yeah, Shocked. I thought again. I, I think two was what I kind of settled in on, and I was a bit surprised when it's three. But you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Like in terms of player safety, in terms of trying to to cut down on those types of hits and dangerous plays and, and not Chandler Stevenson isn't that player, but that was a hit mm -hmm. that I don't like to see in the game. So from that perspective, I think if, if you have stiffer penalties and it's consistent across the board for that hit the rest of the, the rest of the time, then I'm good with it because I think that will cut back on those types of plays. Do you think that has any effect down the road? Not a chance. Nobody in the National Hockey League is looking at that hit last night 
and saying, I'm not going to do something because Chandler Stevenson got three games. No way. I'd hope they will. We're fighting, so I'm going to put this on hold and uh, bring in my new favorite Vegas Golden Knight fan. Here's uh, Grandma Dot Pollard, who joins us uh, today on the eve of a very special day as uh, Grandma Dot is turning 100 tomorrow. And uh, just congratulations. What are you doing tonight, and, and, and how are you going to celebrate? What are you doing tonight? You're watching what? What am I watching? At 7.30. At 7.30. You going to watch the Golden Knights tonight, Grandma Dot? Oh, if the Golden Knights are on, and I'm watching them, no matter where. Nice. So tonight is a big bounce-back game. Who's your favorite Golden Knight player, Grandma Dot? Who's your favorite player? Is it Tuck because he's from New York? Yep, probably him. <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> How did you become a hockey fan, Grandma Dot? How did you become a hockey fan? This is her daughter, Sue. Hi, Sue. Day. It's good to meet you as well. Oh, this came from years ago. After all, I'm 100 almost. <laughs> you know, I've been following hockey forever. From, the, from uh, up in uh, uh, Massachusetts and upstate New York, Washington, everywhere I go. What Did you have a favorite player back in the day that, uh, that you, you were fond of? I have no favorites. I like you all. Ah, very good. Well, Ooh, Dave, that baby. <laughs> Dave and Shane are very excited uh, to to call this game on the eve of your 100th uh, birthday. Can I get you to give us a "Go Knights Go" chant for us? Are you ready? You have to what? say really loud. Go Knights Go! Oh, Go Knights Go! Happy birthday, Grandma Dot, and thank you, Sue. Uh, what a what a great uh, moment this is. Uh, appreciate it. Be well Thanks and happy, so and happy birthday. Thank you very much. There's Grandma Dot uh, on with us. 100 years old and Golden Knights fan. That is cool. It's very cool. I, I think, you know, you, you look at those types of uh, milestones. I, I close my eyes right now at 34. I can't even imagine what 100 would look like for me. Uh, that's pretty awesome, and to be a, a diehard Golden Knights fan, to love hockey for as long as Grandma Dot has, that is fantastic. And I, I think the boys are going to pull one out for her tonight because that's uh, that's that's special. One hundred is a great point. Yes, win this one for Dot. Uh, that's what they have to do tonight. Yeah. But who's in the lineup? Who's out of the lineup? Chandler Stevenson will not play tonight will not play Saturday and won't play to start the road trip against the St. Louis Blues. Three-game suspension. Your top-line centerman is now out for the next three games. Last night, they actually started the game already short because Ryan Reeves could not go after taking the uh, the pregame warm-up. Uh, Zach Whitecloud left the game uh, during the uh, third period, and he was uh, out of the lineup for a bit. So there's, there's a couple of players nicked up right now yep. and one player lost due to a suspension it's uh this is one of those uh, salary cap crunch moments that you have to deal with when you spend to the limit like the golden knights have to put that talented roster that has that 700 winning percentage on the ice yeah it's going to be interesting to kind of again see who is and isn't available tonight for the golden knights beyond just chandler stevenson we know that that is a player that's unavailable due to suspension. That being said, there's questions, I think, about Zach Whitecloud. There are questions about whether or not Ryan Reeves can go. He did take warm-up yesterday but could not go after taking warm-up. Uh, is 24 hours enough to kind of get Reeves back into uh, the headspace or back into the physical ability of being able to play a National Hockey League game? I don't know. What did Pete DeBoer say this morning? No injury update. No injury game update. time decision. Yep. Who would you put? So we know that the number one line centerman won't play yes what do you do with that pivot position when cody glass was here before he was sent down to henderson we got some news on cody glass not just his birthday but production and that confidence five out five uh with the henderson silver knights uh that's coming up in just a little bit too but when when cody glass was with the golden knights you would put him in that number one slot between patch and stone with cody glass in tucson and no chandler stevenson 
Do you bump up William Carlson and take him away from the Misfits? Or do you leave that line intact and put somebody else between Pacioretty and Stone? See, in this situation, I don't feel like it's the time to break up a line that you know exactly what you're going to get, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're Pete DeBoer and you're hoping and, and needing to rely on constants, I don't think breaking up your only true constant in terms of your forwards is really the right move. That Very being, sensible, conservative approach by you. That being said, I, I also think that there's another way of looking at it. This might be an opportunity to just try some different combinations to see if there's a spark, much like what we saw from mm. the Golden Knights when they played against Colorado in Colorado after the game in Tahoe, and it worked for a couple of games. What approach is Pete DeBoer going to take? I'm not really sure. What would you do? Me? I would I would be reliable because I, I think that you need to, to have at least one line that you know exactly what you're going to get out of. And to a degree, so Carlson, I think. Yeah. Or sorry, Carlson, Riley Smith, and Jonathan, Jonathan Marshall. Marshall. Okay. And, and to be completely fair, like – Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, if you keep those that combination of two together, I think you have a general understanding of what that line is going to bring to the table, and it's just about finding what piece you want to keep with them. In terms of who I'd play there, I'm a big fan of Nick Waugh. I've talked about how I enjoy and I like his game. I think with Stone and Pacioretty, he can do some things, and it can maybe get the production that we expected out of Nick Waugh to come out with that opportunity, and I like the idea of keeping Tomas Nosek with Alex Tuck and Keegan Colesar potentially, um, and then the fourth line is really going to be predicated on whether or not Ryan Reeves can go. Yeah. You, I, I respect your opinion. You're wrong, but I respect your opinion about who you would play with Pacioretty and Stone. You're going to take Nick Waugh, who was just bumped from the lineup and has been in and out recently mm -hmm. and is cold. And you're going to put him with Pacioretty and Stone yeah. on a night where you're playing two versus three in the West Division. Why you're wrong is because Tomasz Nosek played a ton last night. Tomasz Nosek is hot right now. Seven points in his last eight games. Tomasz Nosek is feeling it and can play up and down your lineup. Veteran player. Nosek is the guy that you put between Pacioretty and Stone and... You let Nick Waugh uh, play between uh, Tuck and, and Colasar, and you allow them to, to, to form that third line. It, it allows you, in a lot of ways, to keep two of your, your four lines intact for this game. And consistency, so you get the best of both worlds. You get your conservative approach, mm -hmm. and you get my out-of-the-box thinking by putting the hot hand between your two top wingers. Yeah, I think there's merit in both of them. Mm -hmm. Just one's better and is going to score more goals than than the other. Because just and and it's not the, if if Nick Wall was the hot guy, then you put him in there. And that's that's strictly what it comes down to. Nosik is producing points right now. He's feeling it. You put him up on the top line to skate with with Patriotti and Stone. Uh, and it gives a, a bit of a reward for Nosek and what he's been able to do as of late. Now, the the wah skating with Patriotti and Stone would be fascinating for me to watch mm -hmm. because I think wah in a lot of ways is a is a mini-me of, of Mark Stone. Right. In, in so many areas. Hasn't found the offensive side of his game uh, this year that, that we uh, hoped uh, or expected, but from a defensive aspect, responsible, being able to knock down pucks, there's a lot going on right there, but just not doing enough offensively to put with Pacioretty and Stone right now. Yeah, it, and you know, to to an extent that, that that's fair. However, my argument would be, in terms of Tomasz Nosek and in terms of the hot hand, he was essentially garnered that because he was moved up in the lineup and got the opportunity to play on the third line with Nick Waugh and Alex Tuck, and that seemed to spark his offense. And that has been a net positive for the Vegas Golden Knights because that's why we're even having this discussion. I think that if you can maybe hope to kind of get the same thing out of Nick Waugh and that sparks 
his production. I don't, need with, to, I don't have time to spark anybody. Yeah, you I might. Don't, I don't have might. time. You, you, I need really. somebody to go right so now. If, if, I need a fire so right you, now. So you who spent the entire day yesterday talking about how you need more out of your third line yeah. and you need more out of Nick Waugh, you don't think that over the course of three games, if he can spark himself no. on that line, that he can return Ryan, to the third line? Hold on. Let me finish. This is not about oh, let me three finish. lines. Let this, me finish. This is not about the next three games. This is about right now. This is about tonight. You need a spark, you need a fire, you need somebody to go in there and produce right now. That's what you need. Okay. Not Monday. You're right. Not Saturday. You're right. You're right. Not next Thursday. You need somebody going right now. And that's why I would make the decision on NOSA. Now, watch. Pete DeBoer will go out there and he'll he'll put one there and you'll run around peacock feathers out. Do you have peacocks out of the uh, the farm? Nope. <laughs> you should get peacocks. They're they're very sociable. <laughs> Are you mad? Are you mad right now? <laughs> Are we good? Can can I can I speak on the show, or Go is ahead. that something that I can't do? Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. When you spend an entire show talking about how you need more production from your third line, and this is an opportunity to maybe spark a guy and then allow that game to carry over to your third line when the suspension's done, I think that that's worth something, and I do think that that's a a legitimate option. I don't think you should just cheapen it. That's all. That's all I got. Things change. Things happen. You you got an injury. You got. We we didn't know that Ryan Raves wasn't going to be able to play last night. We didn't know Chandler Stevenson was going to be lost for the next three games. Okay, you're now, right. Now you got to backfill. Tomas Nosek, that's the guy. That's what I would do. Okay. I would do something differently. That's not allowed. That's fine. And we'll, we'll also have to keep an eye on, on Zach Whitecloud because there was the optional skate today where Zach Whitecloud is, where Ryan Reeves is. We know what Chandler Stevenson is. Cody Glass isn't going to be in the lineup tonight he's with the henderson silver knights did you see his goal last night i did what do you think it's a good goal like really good goal medium goal i thought it showed a lot of what we expect from from cody glass a little flair the offensive talent the creativity five on five there's like a the, lot I, there i like the fact that he made a confident move to the middle i, I like the fact that he tried something a bit creative and I like the fact that he was able to find that space and, and create it for himself. I think it was a good goal, and that's the type of play that you hope he can he can bring with him from his stint in the AHL to the NHL level. Yeah, huge. And did, the celebration was almost like a an anti-celebration. Like, yeah, I did it. That's what I can do. That's what I'm going to be able to do. I, I, I almost thought there was more confidence and swagger in the celebration after the goal than what I what I saw in the goal itself, which was impressive. Yeah, it was a good goal. I liked it. Uh, you're crusty today. Can't imagine why. <laughs> I told you, everybody. I said that he was crusty about this. Uh, the the Golden Knights are in second place today. Bit of a weird position, given what we've been used to, isn't it? It's different. Yeah. I mean, if if they win tonight, then they're right back in first place. Playing so. their game in hand on uh, Colorado, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, again, it's it's an important game for the Golden Knights. It's one I think that you know you look to bounce back from yesterday against the LA Kings, and if this team's shown us anything in terms of bounce back ability and their prowess on the second half of a back to back, I think there's a lot of reason to believe that even with the questions surrounding their lineup. They'll come at this game with a strong effort, top to bottom. April 1st, April Fool's Day. Did you guys do anything to any April Fool's? Did you fall for anything on April Fool's Day? No. I, I initially thought the Chandler Stevenson three-game number was an April Fool's joke, uh, a late one. I checked it to see if it was a parody account, one of those uh, accounts that uh, that has the underscore in it or something. How did something. they get your email? Uh, you didn't get, I, you didn't I, get I, the I, press release? I saw it on Twitter first. Ah. Uh. Gotcha. On Twitter first. So I was looking, going, is that is that really three games? Is that really happening? Yeah. But you're starting this April run. How many games do they play in April? Like 17. 17. They just played 17 in March. That's and um, but you follow it up with 17 games. Yeah. And a five gamer week. 
Tough, tough start. This is a this is a scenario though where they're on the back half of two and two, and they've been really good in that front. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got some one timers coming up. We got a visit with Sam and Ash, SamandAshLaw.com, and some good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Synthesizer. Used to be big back in my day. Don't hear a lot of them as much. VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, live from T-Mobile Arena, getting set for the Minnesota Wild and the Golden Knights, uh, continuing a four-game homestand this week for the Golden Knights. Split with the Los Angeles Kings, and now it's up against number three in the West Division. Is is this a three-horse race in the West now because of what Minnesota's been able to do, even though they've cooled off lately? Uh, I think that that's kind of the, the key right there is the Minnesota Wild have cooled off a bit. It's not been as consistent for Minnesota just night in and night out in terms of getting the results. So I I still believe right now it's a two-horse two race. It's Colorado. It's Vegas. One of those two teams is going to win the division. And I, I think Minnesota is gonna gonna settle in in that three spot. Like I don't I don't see them overtaking either Colorado or Vegas for the number two seed. I think that some combination of Colorado Vegas in in the one spot and the two spot in Minnesota is pretty much locked into three. You know Minnesota hasn't lost a home game since January. It's not bad. January. If they could figure it out on the road, they would be right up there with. Colorado and Vegas, eight and eight on the road, and uh, things have have not been going good. They lost in overtime uh, in against the San Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks playing better, by the way. They are uh, not not that they're going to make much noise on the playoff front, but uh, playing much better. This is a this is a four game road trip that they're on, and they haven't won yet. So that's positive. A big reason why is Capo Kakinen, their young goaltender hasn't played nearly as well as he did when Vegas saw them up in St. Paul. Yeah, and tonight it's looking like Cam Talbot's going to start. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's an interesting one. The, the Golden Knights did find success against Cam Talbot in the two games here against the Minnesota Wild. So if I'm Vegas looking at this game, that's an opportunity with Cam Talbot and Nett to try to get back to that feeling against this, this Minnesota Wild team, finding the back of the net, finding your offensive game, and trying to beat Minnesota that way. Hey, if, if Minnesota is securing this number three spot yeah. in the West Division, yeah. where does that put your urgency for the Golden Knights to win the top seed? Uh, I, you know, I, I believe that the Golden Knights, regardless of what their record has been in Minnesota, regardless of, of what the perceived... Um, issues are with the Golden Knights and their ability to beat the Minnesota Wild. I think in a seven-game series, I'm, I'm going to default to the Golden Knights being the team that prevails there against the Minnesota Wild. I don't know that you're trying to avoid a matchup. Uh, I just think the Golden Knights want to win the division because home ice advantage matters. I, I, I'm not going to be convinced otherwise that this season home ice advantage matters. The Golden Knights are 6-1 and one with fans in the building. And again, you, you look at the way that they were able to come come into that third period, kill off the remainder of that five-minute major to Chandler Stevenson, get a goal, and then start to bring some of that energy. I think that's a direct relation to what the fans were doing, that nervous energy in the building. Uh, I think first place matters not because you're trying to avoid a matchup with Minnesota, but because you want home ice advantage. One thing that Vegas has been really effective in in the four games that they've played against the Wild and split Wild have five of uh, eight points during the, the head-to-head series, but it's two wins and two wins uh, on each side. It's a homer series. But uh, Kirill uh, Kaprizov has been largely in check. He's, he's had his chances, but Marc-Andre Fleury, when he played those four games, did a really good job against him. Yeah, I mean, his, his shot is interesting. Like, that, that's one thing that, you know, when, when you start to kind of watch – Kirill Kaprizov and you start to, to, to hone in on 
the things that make him such a special player. Before they played, I really liked his ability and his desire to go to the front of the net, mm-hmm. to go into the corners and and affect the game that way. Uh, but in the in the games here against the Vegas Golden Knights, he had some really good looks, and his shot, the way and how quickly he can get it off, Marc-Andre Fleury was equal to the task, but that shot is, is something that I think we're going to see a lot of over the next two games. Expecting it to be Robin Leonard tonight as they uh, will split the goaltending duties on back-to-back nights. Leonard is on a roll since he's come back from the concussion. Have you... Have you noticed anything different about him, or what do you appreciate about where he is right now with his game? I, I think he looks a lot closer to the Robin Leonard that I think we expect. Like he's been very, very good in reading plays and not not moving too much. I haven't noticed those moments where he's he's kind of I don't want to say just trying to do too much. He he's just allowed plays to develop allowed plays to come to him he's been very calm very much in control of his movements i thought he's been really good since coming back from the concussion kaprizov against leonard that's going to be one of the subplots uh, of this game as the minnesota wild try to close the gap on first place uh in the west division vegas right now second one point back of the colorado avalanche did you see max patcheretti play last night in the sense of for a game that they lost, he was involved everywhere. Well, we talk about Pacioretty kind of playing on that line, right? And and when he's he's maybe a little bit more involved, just in terms of of some physicality, that's when that's when Max Pacioretty's having his best games. I thought the power play for the Golden Knights at, at times, especially that first power play that they had, was very very good. Um, and and you know, Mark Stone on the penalty kill had a couple of steals that just those breakaways didn't really go the way that he would like them to. But there there were moments where those players for the Golden Knights, Stone, Patch, Reddy, could have had that big impact on the game. You just got to give the, the LA Kings credit for shutting it down. I thought for sure Grandma Dot was going to say Mark Stone was her favorite player. She doesn't have favorites. I know, but... I, you want to know why? Why? Because she's a grandmother. She's 100, oh. year, she's 100 years old, and every grandmother or grandparent knows yeah. you don't pick favorites. I mean, you have them internally, but you don't vocalize that. I do. I'm sorry. Totally. Yeah. It's it's a good way to motivate people. It's not. You say, you're my favorite. Not even a little bit. And then you go over there and say, you're, you know what? You're not my favorite. <laughs> that really, the, gets, the, that the, really the, gets them going. The, uh. ir- the ironic <laughs> thing is that's not tongue-in-cheek. Like, that's not a bit. There's... There's 100% certainty that I have in knowing you that that's exactly what you would do. Like Darren Elliott is walking by right now. Yeah. Darren Elliott, he's my favorite. Yeah. I bet. But you're not you're not no, my I know. favorite. I'm I'm well aware. That's totally fine. <laughs> I I play that role don't, well. Don't you think that that's a good way to motivate a little bit? Like coaches do it. No, I don't. They, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Grandma Dot picking a, a player from the Golden Knight and saying you're not my favorite is a way to motivate mm. that player. I'm I, getting texts from people saying you're my favorite. You are. Yeah. Let me see the phone. It's you're my favorite, but it's to me, not to you. Oh yeah. Not I, you. Not. I, I should have said me as in Millard. Oh, we get it. <laughs> we we all understand. <laughs> Uh, when we continue, we're going to bring you some uh, one-timers, uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and at the top of the hour, also reset with uh, what we expect tonight. The Golden Knights lineup is in flux. Would that be a good way to describe it as we approach game time? 7.30 start. Flux? Sure. It's a good word. Fluid? Fluid is probably a better word. Yeah. Don't really know. We know Chandler Stevenson's not going to be able to go, but the the status of players like Ryan Reeves or Zach Whitecloud, who got banged up last night or have some nagging injuries, we'll see what it means. Uh, Robin Leonard expected to go in goal tonight. Who's going to center that top line of Pacioretty and Stone? Uh, we'll try and get some clarity on that. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> Hey, 
It's time for the good news of the day on the BGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And it's Logan Thompson named the CCM AHL Goaltender of the Month for the month of March. What's intriguing about this is this is the second consecutive month that Logan Thompson has been named the NA, the AHL's goaltender of the month. Thompson went 6-1 and 0 in the month of March with a 186 goals against average and a 950 save percentage. He leads he's tied for the lead in in AHL wins with 10 and leads the league in save percentage 947. He ranks second in the AHL with a 184 goals against average and I, I just I look at this and I look at Logan Thompson and the steps that he's taking and the story that he's become in the AHL. That's just a feel good, awesome story. It's a feel good story, but it's a crazy accomplishment. Nine four seven, this late into the season. Yes, and it's his basically his second year pro, and he's not going to get a full season at that. In the midst of a pandemic, and he start, signed with a new organization uh, after his after his first year pro, it's out of nowhere that Logan Thompson has been able to do this, and it's it's not. I mean, right now he's made his National Hockey League debut. He's won two gold enters of the month in the American Hockey League. I'm sitting here going, what what more can the guy do? He stops 40 shots a night routinely. It's He's raised the bar beyond uh, anything I ever expected and become the, the franchise's top goaltending prospect. He's really taken his game to another level, and it's, it's good to see. And by the way, uh, we haven't talked about it. The Henderson Silver Knights mascot, Lucky. Mm. Lucky. Lucky the horse. It's awesome. I like his shoes. Do you? Or its shoes. Do you like his, his helmet, his horse head yeah <laughs> no 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 no. he's got a, he's got a mask yeah i you like I, that i think it's it's a lot of fun what, what they were able to do with and, and designing a mascot is hard coming up with the idea what, what you do make it fan friendly make it make it accepted by the masses everybody's a critic like gritty uh-huh. gritty is a phenomenon because well, it was so bad well i think i think gritty was just the the idea is okay. It's just a thing, and and you don't necessarily need this crazy backstory. It's just a giant orange monster, and it works. And I don't know whether it's true or whether it's now urban legend or whatever. But the story I got about Gritty was like it was a mistake. They unpacked it, and it was like, what is this? This isn't what we what we thought we were getting, really. And they unveiled it, and it became it was so bad and so weird uh-huh. and so out there yeah. that it became a legitimate thing. And so you, that's falling into it in a good way. Like Lucky, Lucky checks off all the boxes when it comes to a mascot. Kids, kids love Lucky. Uh, adults watch it go. That that's a cool looking mascot. Uh, I like the shoes. I'm old. I like the shoes. Uh, it, 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 it was, it, they did a really nice job. They should be commended. Darren, your... do you ever have to dress up like a mascot? I know you've I, worked various jobs in this business, so have you ever had to uh, not yet. don the suit? No, you did, though. I did, yeah. Charlie Chucker when I worked for the Idaho Falls Chuckers in the uh, Pioneer League. I would like to do it once. Oh, it Wait was... a minute. You, you were a mascot? Yeah, so well, you didn't know by, this? by oh. default. Yeah. What do you mean by default? Well, how does that, because how does that short season uh, minor league baseball runs from June until September. It's all rookies, basically. No, no, just tell but, us how but, you got into so the mascot. The normal mascot was still in college. Uh-huh. And I had to, because this baseball season hadn't started yet, so I had to actually go to an elementary school dressed up as Charlie Chucker. Problem is, they forgot to get the suit dry cleaned. And... It had been packed up in in the uh, clubhouse uh-huh. for, I guess, about nine months. Okay, so what happened? I vomited multiple times, and in, in it, the suit? Uh, no, no, I, I I fortunately did not do that. And as soon it's as the I got worst back, story ever. And as soon as I got back to the stadium, 
I threw the thing on the ground and ran to the locker room and showered for about an hour trying why, to get the why? stench. You don't have to shower that long. Well, I mean, use I, some soap. You'll I, be fine. I I I must have put. Ten layers of soap on that that so, afternoon, but that like that doesn't clean you anymore. It doesn't matter. I, I felt so much better after. Did you get dressed uh, at the stadium and drive over as Chucker? No, or, or no. did you get dressed like in, I got, uh, I got at dressed, the school? Dressed at the school. <laughs> and you were heaving in the mascot suit <laughs> in the bathroom at the elementary school. Yes. So how how did the kids respond to to that scene? Well, they didn't see me throwing up, but. Uh, they, I didn't talk. Chucker needs a Charlie Chucker. Chucker. Needs a bucket. Yeah. Charlie Chucker, which by the way is a, is a bird. For those who are wondering what a Chucker is, it's like a uh, a quail. This I would is... love to be a mascot. Wouldn't you like like just for one night be a mascot? Go out there and and nope. be somebody else. I would rather be Cameron Hughes than a mascot. Really? Yes. I because think Cameron people, does I think, a good job. I think that's fair. People people know who he is. He he's not. You know, stuck in one locale. I've I've seen on his Twitter. He's been all over the world doing his thing, English soccer. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. He 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 gets to do his own thing. But being a mascot, you could you could dance like nobody's watching. Well, you could the, finally the, fulfill that. The best mascot ever, by the way, is the Philly, Philly fanatic. Yes. Awesome. San Diego wow. chickens up wow, there too. San Diego though. chicken. Yeah. Just uh. took a turn. <laughs> what are your top five mascots? Top five mascots? Gritty. Yeah, Gritty's Gritty's definitely up there. You're welcome. That's it. Gritty. That's no, it? Philly, yeah. I like no, the Philly fanatic better than I Gritty. Philly fanatic, yeah. I'm, I'm listen, I'm I'm not like ten years old. I like like mascots are, are important. Like I think Chance is a is a strong mascot. I, I really like Lucky. I think it appeals to exactly what you need it to be. I'm not a mascot guy. Um I, You don't like fun. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. No, you're exactly right. I, I do not like fun. He's crabby today. And I, I, I'm just, I'm not, a, I'm not a mascot guy. I like Gritty because he's the anti-mascot. He's crabby. I don't know what, what if he. We might be at the end of our rope here because he, he doesn't even like mascots. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like mascots? I, I, I think what he doesn't like is you telling him that he's wrong. That might be it. Dude. I watched. Uh, I was at an All-Star game one year, and they do the the mascot hockey game or whatever event that they do mm-hmm. and they were about to introduce them and they were in the stairwell and the buffalo saber mascot was fighting i believe the florida panther mascot like having a verbal altercation and i don't know what it was about but they were they were using their actual voices oh you but mean in, like you mean in, like angry fighting like angry like fighting. actually and, fighting and and, oh. and yelling at each other but they were in their costumes. That becomes really and weird too. It was really bizarre. By the and way, strange. By the way, you know who is a huge, huge mascot guy? Like literally travels around to all different sporting events to take pictures with mascots. I have no idea. Our boss. What? Yes, our program director oh. is is a huge. I have a lot of bosses, so I wasn't sure who yeah, that is. Yeah, well, the guy. Our yeah. boss. You know, you and me. You may have a lot of bosses, but you, me, and Ryan all share one boss. So Doug. And, Doug, he is, he he was very disappointed he did not have the opportunity to take a picture with the New Orleans baby cake. That's a great, that's a great mascot. <laughs> I take, I take it back. The New Orleans baby cake and gritty. That's that's my that's my top five. Uh, in Vancouver, one time, Nick Kiprios called uh, Orca, uh, the whale, uh, Sharky, and the person inside the costume was offended. Ab- oh. Absolutely offended see like there's a there's a dark <laughs> that's great no, no no listen there's a dark underworld when it comes to mascots like people taking it way too seriously so yeah i mean you could say it's it's like me not liking fun it's 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 a strange phenomenon so, I, it's, I don't know the uh, the the person that says carlton the bear in toronto hey he's, oh he's, is, he's a friend of ours their their mascot's a bear a bear carlton the bear uh yeah, that so makes sense he he refers to bear in the third person like what's going on bear's got an uh, uh an appearance tomorrow well that's that's you no bear's got bear bear's got an uh, like and it's uh, all the time well it's like they, you it's, said it's two, it's two different people he is he is two different people yeah i always thought that was strange well he's he's a person and a bear yeah i love mike but i always found that uh very very strange it's the vgk insider show one more 
30-minute segment, and then we'll get you set with the VGK pregame show on the Vegas Golden Knights radio network. Uh, this is Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Get back to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild tonight, starting a two-game series here at T-Mobile. This marks the second half of their season series. So far, it's been split. Two wins apiece. We'll get to uh, the game in just a little bit. But uh, right now, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. The stars of the month were announced by the National Hockey League, and they're going with the four divisions. So a star, uh, top performer from each division, which I I would like them to see how, uh, that's how I'd like them to see the uh, the NHL awards handed out this year, a nominee from each division, the Vesna, the coach, and so forth. But anyway, the uh, the stars of the month for March in the four divisions, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Sasha Barkov, and Philip Grubauer. Crosby from the Penguins, McDavid, the Oilers, Barkov, Panthers, and Grubauer, Colorado Avalanche. Any surprises there for you? Yep. Yeah. Mark Stone. Yeah. Where is he? Good point. Wait, I mean, listen. I, I Grubauer's know, been fantastic. I know how good Grubauer's been. Mark Stone had a, a month, the, the month of his career in March. He was so good, so dominant. And when you look at, you know, some of the players that were, were in and around where Mark Stone was, like Connor McDavid, I... I I understand Philip Grubauer. I get it, but it should have been Mark Stone. And I think you could make the case that maybe Grubauer wasn't even the best player on his team. I mean, a couple guys had, what, seven, and eight, nine-game point streaks? Yeah, I think Grubauer had it. Chris, the problem is, like, Colorado can't win a game if Philip Grubauer isn't playing. Yeah. Well, that's that's not Mark Stone's fault. I mean, like you said, Mark Stone had a, had a month where his points, when he finished second in the, in the entire league in the month of March in points, Grubauer has been so good. It's right there with the the Mark Andre Fleury debate that we were having earlier. Like, can can Mark Stone be a finalist for the Hart Trophy if Mark Andre Fleury has been the MVP? Like, but but that's what's going on with Colorado right now yeah. with with that top line and then with Philip Grubauer, Sidney Crosby being the top player from the East Division. A little bit of a throwback there, isn't it? I mean, I don't know who's surprised by it. Evgeny Malkin's not available for the Pittsburgh Penguins, so it's Super Crosby. But it's, just, it's every every time. Yeah. Every time Sidney Crosby takes his game to another level. And it, in the same way that Evgeny Malkin has taken his game to another level when Sidney Crosby's been out of the lineup. That two-headed monster has always been able to step up when the other is unavailable. I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form that Sidney Crosby is still doing this today. Sydney just steps up and is the man for the Pittsburgh Penguins who are challenging for first place in the East Division. Patrick Kane did not come out of the Central, and that is a situation where he is trying to put Chicago in a position to make the playoffs, which would be one of the shocking parts about this truncated season. But if you ask Patrick Kane who should be the MVP this year, he said it's not even a close I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he, Patrick Kane says Connor McDavid is the MVP. I don't disagree with that. I, and I think you, you brought it to us, what, two weeks ago now that Connor McDavid is the MVP and he should win the heart. And I don't disagree. The Edmonton Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Connor McDavid is going to skate away with the points lead this year. He's been that good. Sure. Win a heart trophy. Kane says he's just head and shoulders the best player in the league and their team's having a good year. But at the same time, it's nice to hear those types of things. Patrick Kane. The, I, I, Patrick Kane's really matured over the course of the uh, of, of the years, but he's uh, he's sneaky good as a as an interviewer, as an interviewee. So I it's it's always interesting to to kind of wake up today and, and see how Patrick Kane handles himself and and realize that uh, not everyone at, at in their mid-20s is is at their peak in terms of their maturity and that sometimes people do have room to grow and, and to, to grow up and 
it's just it's refreshing to see that side of Patrick Kane as he's doing what he's doing this year and getting the accolades he deserves. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is in the news. Fine. Yes, he is. Fine for unsportsmanlike conduct mm -hmm. after he threw a helmet at Connor Garland. Connor Garland, <laughs> I love Connor Garland because he gets under everybody's skin. So, Chapman, I'm a little bit bummed because you, with your infinite drops, should have Pete Weber on standby because when, when Nathan McKinnon throws the helmet and it hits Connor Garland in the head, that is Pete Weber, Weber knocking down the, that strike to deliver that beautiful <laughs> line. <laughs> Almost had the timing there. It yeah. was it, it was, was so close. It was thrown <laughs> underhand too. There was it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a total temper tantrum by by Nate McKinnon. I, well, but it, but it was I mean, it was pretty good. I I let's just say if my son did that, he'd be in timeout still. So I I, I would I would push back respectfully on not a full-blown temper tantrum. Like, I think we're there. I'm here for it. Like, give Nathan McKinnon the Hart Trophy for that specifically over Connor McDavid. Who is that? Was Nathan McKinnon. I Who had the best outburst this week? Nathan McKinnon. Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon? Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Because there's, there's the danger elements and then the ridiculousness of it and the meme ability. The meme ability <laughs> of Nathan McKinnon's outburst has has been so good. They've they've there's a thread on Twitter, and I don't know exactly where it is, but there's a thread on Twitter of that play just with random sounds and random music <laughs> in the background. It's the best thing ever. Thank you, Nathan McKinnon. Were you surprised just to find? No. I mean, he threw his he threw a guy's helmet. He didn't really. I mean, throw it. It wasn't hard. It doesn't matter. We're, 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 if it was a stick, would it have been okay? I mean, where do you draw the line? Probably at at the stick. I think it's how you throw it. I'm yeah, like it, like if he if he would have skated over to Connor Garland and grabbed the helmet and bashed him in the head with it, I think that that's a different situation than throwing the helmet at him. It was funnier than it was anything. Nah, I, like I, I, think, I, I think if you were to ask Connor Garland, like, hey, what was more offensive, the fact that he threw it? at you to hurt you or the fact that he threw it at you to embarrass you, I think Connor Garland would say it's the embarrassment factor. Well, and maybe maybe an underlooked part of that little tussle was the fact that Garland did take him to the ground. Connor says that he always gets phone calls from his sisters after he does something like that happens and, and they, they try and figure out what exactly went down. That would have been an interesting conversation uh, with the with the soon-to-be free there's, agent. There's not much to go over there. No. Do you think well, that helped or hurt his trade stock? Who? Kind <laughs> of Garland. He's not being traded. <laughs> well, if okay, if they do trade him, then it's like put the keys on the table. <laughs> He's young. You've, you've grown him. I, 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 tend to, I tend to lean towards what Gary was saying. If they can't resign him, and they know they're not going to re-sign him? He's not an unrestricted free agent. Oh, well. He's a restricted free agent. Yeah. He's under team control. But he's not going anywhere. You, That's just not going to happen. I, I, it makes me shiver at the thought. I I, I, I just want to see an offer sheet. Just give me an offer sheet. I want to oh, see I, it. I think he's amazing. I love the player. Uh, Eric Stahl said he expects to skate Sunday. But the center's unsure when he'll be able to make his debut with the Montreal Canadiens. It's one of those ones where you kind of forget that he hasn't played yet. Because you kind of forget the trade happened. Montreal was shut down for a little bit. Yep. And Stahl was in quarantine uh, because he crossed the border from, from the United States to Canada. How much better do you think he makes Montreal's playoff chances? I mean, I, I again, I, I'm kind of bullish on this because it, like the Montreal Canadiens have so many games in hand and I don't buy Calgary or Vancouver and the only other hope would be Ottawa and we all know that that's not going to happen so like I almost feel like the Montreal Canadiens can't figure out a way to miss this like what is what does he do for them once they get to the playoffs I don't know it'll be interesting to see what that seven-day quarantine kind of does what it takes out of of Eric Stahl I mean I think he's a, he's a good player that that gives you that depth option he knows how to win he's done it before um i i just i can't see the montreal canadians with five games in hand not being able to figure out a way to make it into the playoffs uh, 
he has a bike and some dumbbells. So he's going through some home workouts during the is. course of the uh, the quarantine. Pierre-Luc Dubois had to quarantine for 14 days. Yes. He had a bike and uh, and the dogs. And he could drive to the COVID testing and then went back to, to his house in Winnipeg. Uh, I, I like this trade. It wasn't going well for Stahl. And I, I think there was some holdover from being so surprised that he was dealt by Minnesota. Uh, over to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, being back in Canada, uh, I think will will help him a little bit. But I, I like that trade. I still like that trade. I'm excited to see him uh, play for the uh, for the Buffalo or sorry, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Minnesota against Vegas tonight. A key point for the Golden Knights tonight will be that first five minutes. Don't you think? With what's happened lately in allowing the first goal and and an early first goal yeah i mean i think it would be ideal for the golden knights to not be trailing early on in the game and having to play from behind uh and exerting that extra energy and and not really allowing themselves to get to their game i i do think the first five minutes are important not so much in terms of going out there and and risking plays to find offense but just being defensively responsible and and settling into the game and settling into their game you know, four times this year they've allowed the first shot to go in. Not allowed, but the other team scored on its first shot. Yep. That seems like a lot. It's probably high. Yeah. I think I think that's that's higher than most teams, I would I would imagine. Don't you just send a text to your, your stats people. NHL stats. I don't know whether they keep track of that. Maybe they would. They probably do. They probably they might. I'll have to look into that because that just seems seems slightly high. Might know season by season who, who leads the league in, in allowing the first shot. But they have allowed the first goal of the game in three consecutive games. And that's a season high. So there's, there is that part that, uh, that blends in with our previous conversation about being concerning. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I do think that there's some need for focus early on in this game to not allow the Minnesota Wild to score first and dictate the way that this game's going to be played with a lead. Mm-hmm. I just I, I think the Golden Knights that's that's a point of emphasis. Whoever's in the lineup, no matter who the players are, no matter what Pete DeBoer is going to go to with his lineup, defensive responsibility early on in this game, not sacrificing on the defensive end to try to score first. I think is going to be important. Just take care of your game. Get to that first. Outscored 5-1 in the last three first periods. Up until that point, they've been really good in the opening 20 minutes. Yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a turn on that front. I think the first goal is even more important tonight for Vegas after playing with 10.5 forwards last night because of the Chandler Stevenson ejection and Ryan Reeve not being able to go. Mark Stone was... 22:48 last yeah. night. That's two minutes above the most that he's played this year. There was a lot leaned on Mark Stone between killing the penalties and the, and the power plays. And it's and it's interesting because we're kind of at that point in the season where you get through a 17-game month of March and you're looking at, ahead at a 17-game month of April and you're you're talking about not so much load management in terms of sitting guys for particular games, but just managing the minutes that they have Mm -hmm. to play. And you get a game like that that might set you back just in terms of of that recovery for, you know, a couple of days beyond just that game. So it's going to be interesting to really see those guys that were leaned on heavily yesterday, how much they have in the tank for today. Nosek played uh, his most minutes of the season last night. Uh, over seven, 16 and 40 uh, was, was his ice time. Uh, the most minutes that was logged by a Golden Knight player in that loss against the Los Angeles Kings was Alex Petrangelo at 22.51. He was three seconds more than Mark Stone. It's, it's very rare that a defenseman is so close to the top forward. In, in ice time, which shows again how much they were one chase in the game and that they became a bit of a special teams battle with the five, uh, five minute major. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, again, it, it'll be interesting just in terms of the start, where the energy level is for the Golden Knights, who is in the lineup. That's obviously the big key for, for me, just in terms of, of this game. What are the Golden Knights going to look like? That's going to be a, a big talking point not just during the game, but after the game as well.
Can you imagine being uh, in the in the Golden Knights hockey operations department uh, today and trying to okay, Stevenson? We didn't know whether he was going to be suspended. He is. He's gone for three games, so you're you're losing your number one centerman for the, for the Golden Knights between Pacioretty and Stone. Reeves couldn't play last night. Comes out, but you don't get any salary cap relief from that because he's just not able to play. He'd have to go on long-term injury relief. And if he was able to take warm-up last night, then he's not not in the league of being able to in the area of being put on LTIR. Uh, Zach Whitecloud was 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 banged up last night, and they're already what do you say? They're a hundred thousand uh, dollars away from uh, uh, the salary cap right now. One hundred thirty-two thousand. One hundred thirty-two thousand. Yeah. So there's not a lot of wiggle room right there. Being inside uh, with George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon and uh, and all all the uh, the analytics or numbers uh, side of it, capology. There's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot going on right there. They had to play one forward down last night with without Ryan Reeves. It'll be fascinating to watch them come out and take the line rushes tonight uh, for the for the pregame warm up to see who's sort of in the mix in that. And even then, you can't really tell because just because you take warm up doesn't mean you're actually going to be in the game. Yeah, no. I mean, we saw that yesterday with Ryan Reeves and. And, you know, again, it's, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to go tonight. We didn't really get much in terms of, uh, of an update on Zach Whitecloud. It was a heavy collision behind the, the net. So, um, you know, facing the prospect of, of being down your number one center iceman, uh, a key piece on your fourth line, and perhaps a, a defenseman that has been so incredibly steady for the Golden Knights this season, it's a, it's a tough, tough situation for the Golden Knights going into this game, especially off of a loss last night. And Chandler Stevenson not being able to go, if you missed it, a three-game suspension from the player safety department for that elbow in the second period last night against the Los Angeles Kings. Now that you've had some time to absorb it, Mm -hmm. you still think that three games is in the general area? Again, I... My thought was he'd get two. The the game misconduct, two games. I figured that that would be kind of where he would land. It's a suspendable play. It's a late hit, and and it's a high hit. And for me, I I would rather see a little bit stiffer in terms of that punishment if we can move the needle in getting those hits out of the game. You know, a lot of people will compare it to Connor McDavid and hitting Kakanyami. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I different? saw that. Different? I think so. It was it, it, one that was. It was late. Yeah, it was really late. But uh, it didn't seem to be. As Bjornfort loses a tooth. Um, if I got hit by Chandler Stevenson like that, like I'm not suiting up for a month and a half. Hockey players are tougher than I am. But I was. I'm still taken aback that it was a three-game suspension for Chandler Stevenson in that regard. It checks all the boxes yep. for a suspension, but but three games, to me, is severe. He loses $71,000. Yeah, goes to the player assistant fund. It's tough. That got Jeff's attention. You, the, what That's... would you do for $71,000 right now, Jeff? <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, so Stevenson will be out. It'd be interesting to see what they do with their their power play then tonight too. It's it's going to be a lot on the table. And again, like you know, in I, I would imagine that you're going to get an opportunity if you're if you're Tomas Nosek. You you got an opportunity in certain games with uh, with Mark Stone and Jonathan Marcheseau in the penalty box to get in on the power play. And in that moment, you find a way to set up Alec Martinez. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you've gotten to see some players in those situations before. That's going to inform some decisions tonight. And it's a big opportunity for some guys in this lineup. If, uh, like last night, they had one defenseman on the bench for a period of time because White Cloud was in the room and they had two on the ice and two in the penalty box. So that was really unusual. But they went with 13-5 and five earlier this year, so they've, they've kind of been in the, the, the mix of having to roll with the punches. If, if you're down another forward, 
and you get into any type of penalty trouble, then it really knocks your your lines out of whack. It, it can cause a bigger disruption than even what we witnessed against Colorado Avalanche last week when, when they ran into penalty trouble to start that game. Discipline's going to be huge in this one for the mm-hmm. Golden Knights. What, uh, what, do you have a gut feeling about this? About the game? No. It's no. I, it's a hard one to like, figure out. Like I, I had some feelings about last night. There have been a few games where I've had some, some gut feelings, um, both good and bad, that have, have kind of come to fruition. But this one, I don't really have a gut feeling. because, And I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't know what the Golden Knights are going to look like. I have no idea what this team is going to look like when they take the ice tonight. And and that's not me just kind of pushing that narrative. We just we just have no idea. We have no clue. It'll be uh, it'll be fascinating to see the bench management too. After you play with uh, without Ryan Reeves last night and Chandler Stevenson for the third period and uh, you're now on the second half of a back-to-back scenario how you, you can't can you roll for early on well you then then you really need to be in the lead or or have an advantage in the game the the first goal it kind of come back full circle to that first goal it's so important but you, you have to make sure that you're not just chasing that and it's pulling you away from your responsibility in preventing that first goal of the game uh robin leonard expected to go tonight Bit of an opportunity for him right now. I, I think so. I, he's come back. He's been very good, undefeated since his concussion. Like mm-hmm. I, I think, I think you just kind of roll with that. And for Robin Leonard, he's right back to the numbers we expect from him. Is 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 Robin Leonard? Is this the type of game where you need your goaltender just to go out and win you one? I think you need your goaltender to be dialed in from the opening faceoff. Like, Robin Leonard has to be locked into this game early and really settle the ship so that the Golden Knights can get to those good habits. Uh, I was uh, looking at it last night. Oh, we got to go. VGK pregame show is coming up next.